Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait. Do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. All right, well, hi and welcome. This is the Truly Unlimited Podcast. I'm Jeff Plunkett with my co-host... Don Bruce. All right. And uh, if we sound like we're a little bit messy with this kind of a, an awkward little uh, introduction, it's because we are. And <laughs> True. That's All right. Just, Awkward we, silence, even. We don't usually start with that when we have our own conversations. So, but we probably should. That probably should be a way that just regular people start conversations. <laughs> Hi, my name is. Your name is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> usually we just kind of pop in. So that's what we're gonna do. All right. So this is our. This is our exciting second episode. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Yes. And the 11-year-old child in me will, will just refrain from any of the comments that just came to my mind when you said number two. All right. Um, anyway, so we have set a limit of 45 minutes, and I'm starting the timer. There it goes. All right. I forgot to start it. Um, we've, we were setting a limit of 45 minutes or less. Maybe we won't go that long, but... Um, but we're talking about unlimited. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so so the, the name of our podcast is Truly Unlimited, and there is a core piece of, of what, what we think about every time we're thinking about um, not only just Christian faith, but life, and, and, and even far beyond that. So we're thinking about, when we want to define that, and that is the unlimited God. Now, if we don't reference that every single episode of this podcast, there may be something wrong. Don't panic. Don't change your dial. Um, don't, don't call your, your, your podcast provider and, and complain. I don't know what happened if we didn't say something about the unlimited God. Um, but it, it's probably unlikely that that won't happen. That will happen. And it'll be assumed regardless. So just know that it's assumed. Yes. If we don't say it, you say it yourself. Bring in your own <laughs> story of the unlimited God. But we want to explain what that means. Right. Right. Yes. Um, very, very important. Um, and we think it, it, it is utterly important to everything. Um, it is. And, and that that will become that will that will be clear as we go along, not just in this podcast, but in future podcasts. And starting off, you may say, "Oh, unlimited God, yeah, I believe that," because most Christians would say they do, and it sounds fairly cliche. But if we really think about it, even if we say we believe it in our head, it's not the way we typically live our lives. Yeah, and we don't really know how to right. live it out in our and, lives. And I don't know that we're ever going to be the, to the point that we've just got it down because we have this human element that just constantly comes back in. However, it can be a lot less 
than what it is now of of mm. human element and more of God element. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're going to again. It, it will be a. It, this is another core thing. Not a it, messiness will be part of the way we do things. It's just. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of messy. By the way, let me just point this out. So we have in our little, we'll call it studio today. It's usually <laughs> just Don's office. But in Don's office, we have these big, huge um, dry erase boards. Up. And whenever I write stuff on the dry erase board, it is just like this little thing over here and this little thing over here. And then when Don writes stuff on the board, it's nice and neat and concise. Um, it has order. <laughs> I am the messy one, and Don is just kind of going, okay, well, I'll just figure out how to fit into this messiness. Yeah, right. just don't come to my house, because then you'll have a whole different viewpoint. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> if you come to my house, it's a whole different viewpoint, because everything has a place. No, that's not, a, that's not true at all. <laughs> but, but we did talk about, right before we recorded this, or started recording it, we're still recording it, um, that what we like is we do like the conversation aspect of this podcast because it is a little messy and we don't have scripts setting here but but we usually have a sense of where we can pour out more of our heart if we're able just to have a conversation just like when you sit down with somebody you usually won't have a whole script of what you're going to say because it's just part of being able to connect yes yeah, 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 and I won't jump into the science of even of that <laughs> um, in the God design, which will be something that we talk about later. All right, so let's let's talk about let's talk about what it means when we say the unlimited God, um, and and we're not just we're not simply talking about the attributes, although you know uh, the immutable. You know, and if you're not familiar with these terms. You know, immutable means that God never changes, never, ever, 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 okay? Um, but we're talking about the unlimited God in unlimited ways. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to just jump in here, but I, I don't want to do that. Um, and I know you're, if your listeners are going, just get on with it. <laughs> get on with it already. What does this mean? Um, there, I, I want to throw these, these, a couple of terms out. We're not going to use, um, highfalutin theological terms very often because that's just not us, but there are, there, there is a, a couple of schools of thought in thinking about who God is and how to describe God. So I'm going to use these two fancy words just for a moment. One of them is apophatic. And I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce that, but that's the way I did it. So, hey, I'm in Oklahoma. We can pronounce <laughs> stuff any way we want. Um, right? So apophatic. Um, and that is, um, that is basically a way of describing, that's a theological term, a way of describing God based on what he is not. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a term of negation. So when it, the, the word unlimited is an apophatic word because it's saying, it's saying what it's not. So limited edges, boundaries, right? Finding there's a limitation to it. It's it's got an edge to it. Anything that has an edge to it, 
um, a border or a boundary to it, that's limited. Okay, And so God doesn't have any borders. There's no boundaries. There's no edges to God. And so, so how do we describe that? We have, there is nothing else. God is, the way we say it is, God is exclusively unlimited. God is exclusively edgeless. So even the, the phrase edgeless is, is, we're seeing what it's not. So that's right. even apophatic. I don't know. Is edgeless a word? It is now. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yes. You witnessed the birth of a new word today. <laughs> um, and then the other phrase, another term is cataphatic. Again, don't know if that's the way it's pronounced. So don't call in. We don't have a phone. Um, <laughs> so cataphatic means, you know, it's obtained through affirmation. So it's really, it's a positive. So this is this is who God is. This is this is how I describe God from from uh, his nature of who he is, not based on contrast to what he's not, but on who he is. So so that's probably about the extent of of the the use of those words. The, yeah. Theology. Yes. We're, well, we're, no, but theological words. Yes. Yes, not theology, but theological <laughs> words. These these fancy apophatic and and uh, cataphatic. And if you want to look that up, look it up, Google it, or whatever, uh, or Bing it. I don't know. Is that a thing? Anyway, um, so, but understand that that we're not just talking about these these fancy words. What we're talking about is thinking about God, thinking about who God is. But not just about who God is to me. Thinking about God in unlimited, the unlimited God. Let's imagine for a second, Don, that you and I didn't exist. That people didn't exist. That people had not yet been spoken into existence. That no, none of creation had has been spoken into existence. Now, who is God? And since he's immutable, we already said he doesn't change and he never has changed. And he's always been. There was never any beginning or end to God. There's no limitation. There's no, there's no edge to him. Often when we think about God, we think about who is he to me, who is he to others, who is he in relation to who I am not, right. blah, 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 you know, what is he What I want me? to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when we start there, we limit God. We go, okay, God is, God is this to me because he did this for me. Okay. That's small. That, that that's that's limiting right. who he is. Even these these two fancy phrase words that we brought up, that's part of the argument. That's part of the discussion. Is when we talk about him in terms of who we're not, or what he did for us, or or etc. We suddenly, anytime we put words, we use words to describe God. We're limiting him. So even we, it's impossible to describe him unlimited. Well, and part of that is because. As humans, we it, it's hard for us to function in anything that doesn't have edges or boundaries. Mm. Now, in our mind, we feel like we want to be totally free, 
no boundaries, nothing like that. But when we get in a place like that, a lot of times it's uncomfortable because we're not sure, you know, and even saying all these freedoms we want to have, but yet so many of us at times have probably said, well, they should make a law about that mm. or they should <laughs> do this. And it's because there's still a sense of edges and boundaries that make us comfortable. A child that grows up in a home that doesn't have boundaries a lot of times can be very um, insecure because they mm. don't know where they stand mm. in a certain situation. But a child that does have some boundaries can know, oh, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do. And that helps them to find their place. And so as humans, it is hard for us to understand a God that has no beginning or end, or what even what the word unlimited really, really means, because in our mind, we still can put limitations on that word that is that is brilliant that's really good good stuff and and so all right so listeners you're about to hear the types of conversations that we normally have <laughs> all the time so we, yeah we, we meet all the time and we talk about this kind of stuff so you're about to experience what we do so she she brought up something that as a as a counselor i've talked about with parents i, I when i'm doing some parent coaching, I talk about exactly what you talked about on a regular basis. Set boundaries because it gives a, it gives a child comfort to understand what those boundaries are. Right. Um, in um, Henry Cloud's famous book, you know, Boundaries, right. that's one of the, the conversations. I, I tell this story about it all the time, um, about uh, that he references some school in California. They had these fences up around their playground. The parents were like, ah, oh, that, that looks like a prison. We don't want those those fences. <laughs> and then whenever, but, you know, whenever the fences were there, the kids would play on the fences and they would lean up against the fences and they'd have their little backpacks and, you know, they're, they're running and jumping and, you know, whatever the kids do all the way up against the fence. But whenever the parents went out and the school removed the fences, they noticed a very interesting thing because the kids then started to just play in the center of the playground and they had very little movement. They, they didn't play as free as they had before because of the, the boundaries were removed. Right. They didn't know where the limits were. They didn't have, there was no clearly defined edge. Brilliant. Now, so... But something that came up for me is you were bringing that up in, in parenting and, and with children in the, the comfort that we find in, in edges. And now we're talking about the unlimited God. No edges, no boundaries, no limitations in any way, shape, or form. Zero limitations. Um, and you, you, because in the, the boundaries you were talking about... Um, and we're talking about the comfort in that, and, you're, and and even some peace that can come from from having that. But then, I, as you were talking about it, I thought about the the verse. Um, I think it's in Proverbs. We've we've talked about it before. Um, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, 
Now I don't know that the, the, you know we hadn't we haven't talked through, through this, so this is this is fresh, <laughs> fresh from my gut. All right, but in in contrasting that and thinking about this this idea of the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. How do you? I don't know. Do you do you see a connection here between this idea of seeing God as unlimited? But and I I know I, I understand what what fear means. So again, if we don't have a phone number, so you can't call up and <laughs> complain. Um, you know, and you can send emails if you want to. But I understand what how we typically talk about the fear of God and, and what that means. But I'm 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 just expanding the way of thinking in terms of the unlimited God that He has no boundaries. That gives us in in some sense from from. From contrasting this idea of boundaries gives us some comfort, understanding right. where the limits are, um, because I, I, I can control it and I know it, it gives me a certain sense of certainty. To this uncertainty gives me fear. There is there is that sense by which if I think about if I if I expand the idea of God as being completely unlimited, I don't know how to describe that. That gives me some uncertainty. Right. And we don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, again, I'm just kind of talking out loud um, about connecting that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom with this idea of God being unlimited. We've, we've never... We've no, talked, we've not. Not in this... Not in this subject. We yeah. haven't. Yeah, we've we've talked about that verse, and we've right. talked about the unlimited God, but we've never really talked about those together. Right. I, just, I find that interesting. Right. right. And um, it, it, I think that's the biggest thing. One of the first things to realize is that it is uncomfortable. Mm. We don't... We... We tend to shy away from things that make us feel out of control or that we can't make a list of, okay, this is all the things that this means and this is why it's important and all of that. However, and this may hinge on another subject we have at times, a lot of this probably will, but um, however... Being out of control in that situation Mm. is what makes us rely on God. We have no reason in our human minds to rely on Him. No matter how much you go to church or how good of a Christian you say you are everything, if we have everything lined out and feel like it's in control... And don't see God outside of that, mm. then we can't begin to understand who He is. Mm. That's that's really, really exceptional stuff she just said there. 
spend some time thinking about that. I'm going to, I'm going to strongly recommend that you spend some, some, I'm talking to the listeners, although I'm looking at Nan at the time and she's going, what are you talking about? Okay. Um, she's got this look on her face. Okay. But I'm, I'm saying spend some time thinking about what she just said there that, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of come at that from a slightly different perspective as a, as a counselor. You know, whenever I'm, I'm working with somebody who, who comes in and, and they, 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 ex, they describe, let's say OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder right. tendencies. A lot of times people will say, I'm, I'm OCD. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you are, maybe you're not. Um, so just because you, you like to have certain structure and order to things doesn't necessarily mean it's OCD. We, you know, we throw these terms or the general public throws those terms around pretty, pretty deliberately. But, but it, when I'm looking at it, when I'm, I'm seeing that there's a, there's a massive connection between anxiety and OCD. You know, there's a massive connection between, um, or, or OCD tendencies, massive connection between, um, having been a victim of some traumatic, not just traumatic event, but a traumatic um, lifestyle. So it's consistency, right. whether it be abuse or some, you know, consistent abuse and OCD tendencies or even OCD um, in, in itself. Okay. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to how do I create some sense of order where if everything feels like chaos, even, you know, it's 2020, it's December, 2020, and everybody knows what 2020 means. <laughs> if you say 2020 now, from now on for the next 50 years, it's going to be equated to pandemic, um, and COVID-19. Um, so in, in, People were trying to figure out how do I create structure, and even even sometimes whenever, whenever something is feels overwhelming, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by my schedule, I'm overwhelmed by my, my by finances, I'm overwhelmed by, you know, I've got, I only have three kids and they're all adults now, but you know, if, if you have twelve kids and they're all coming at you at the same time, you know, teachers, oh my gosh, you know that, right. you know, we were both teachers um, in the past and. You know, having a lot of kids like ah, stop! <laughs> you know, and I won't yell into this microphone, but stop! <laughs> you know, just right. ah, you know, you just raise up with power. You're trying to set things in order that are chaotic, and in and what you just said is absolutely brilliant. Um, and in and I'm belaboring this probably beyond where it needs to, but but what you said was when we when we start there and we're trying to place things in order, whether it be from our, our behavior, managing our behavior first, and then we conceptualize God. We manage our life first, and then we conceptualize God. Right. Um, we're even, even the idea of coming at to him and saying, I, you know, we say this is not the way it's supposed to work, but this is the way we live it out. Or we say, I'm going to earn my right to, to be in the presence of God, which is 
which is ridiculous. It's impossible right. to do. But what we're doing is we're creating some kind of fantasy world where we go, I've got it together. I've got it together. I've got it together. And I'm going to come to you. Oh, I don't have it together right now. Man, you cannot believe that thought I just had. Or, oh, that thing I just did. Or, the you know, whatever. Whatever negates you in that moment in your mind, I, I'm not worthy of coming to, to God. Look, what you've done, you've started with the tiny and the small, the limited, the extremely limited, mm-hmm. the painfully limited, and now you're trying to enter into the unlimited and you can't do that. You, it's, it, it's like I don't have any right to step into the unlimited space with God. Um, no, you don't. You don't. You're you're absolutely right in that, and that's why he's. That's why we talk about because this is the way God talked about. It. He said, "Start with me. Start with me being unlimited, and then let's work our perspective down from that. Right. Work your way in anyway." Okay, so if we do that, then Jeff, how do we do that? Mm. Well, that's a, <laughs> that's for another episode. No, we have 21 minutes left, and so I guess I've got to answer that question. Look, here's here's the thing. Um, again, we we we're, we haven't really gone a lot into what we said our objective was, which is probably going to be a regular occurrence in our podcast. So just deal with it. Um, <laughs> and that is describing, you know, describing what we mean by the unlimited God. But, okay, so how do we do that? We've, it is, it is a moment by moment focus on God. Right. It is, it, you know, now what does that mean? So let me answer it. It sounds like I'm not answering the question, but I, I, I am answering the question. Because in practice, in, in, if we just say, oh, yeah, I'm focused on God, great, I'm done. <laughs> no. No, what we're talking about is we're talking about focus on the unlimited God. Um, perceive Him as unlimited in every possible way. And, I, and if you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I did that. I'm done. Check. No. No, you don't get it. If you've, if you've said, I did that, check mark, it's something that I accomplished and then now I see him unlimited. No, you don't. And if you don't know what I mean, you're going to have to spend some time really contemplating the unlimited God. But focusing on God, focusing on God, focusing on like We were designed, we're going to talk about this a lot too. We're going to talk about the, the, the fact how God designed us. Um, God designed us to focus on him. The, the, the function of our brains is focused on focusing on God. That's its purpose. There is one purpose. God has one purpose. Look to me. Why? Because I am exclusively reliable and um, permanent. God is exclusively reliable and permanent. Nothing else is. Everything else, everything else fades away. The, the moths eat it. The rust eats it up. It all dies. It fades. It it turns back to dust, or whatever it's going to turn back into. It's it's not permanent. Nothing else is permanent. You're not permanent. I'm not permanent. Um, okay, we don't like that. 
we try to figure out how to make ourselves permanent. We douse ourselves and I don't know. I don't even know. What do they use? It's not oil of Olay. What do you, what do you use? You, you, you uh, no, I, don't ask me. I'm not your typical girl. <laughs> so... And I'm not either. I'm not your typical girl either. <laughs> Good. So I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm just kind of fading away. Okay. <laughs> but we try to figure out to, how to maintain permanency and it's, it's never permanent. We're not, nothing else is, this building we're in is not permanent. This microphone's not permanent. It's we're probably going to have, um, I don't think we're having, I hope we're not having any issues with it right now. Um, nothing is permanent. Right. Right. Except for God. I think, um, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think, how can we grasp this concept without just coming to it from our limited mm-hmm. state? And, and I think there's a point that it's just hard to do that because it's what we know. Mm-hmm. But I think of, um, if you think of, a child and just see a child that has a good relationship with their dad you know and they've grown up and their dad has given them the attention they need or you know just has provided for them in what they need and that child you know you you see movies like this you hear people talk about things like this where the child might be with a friend or something and and a toy breaks well, my dad can fix it. Mm. Or, or um, something scary does happen that shakes the boundaries of that child. And what's the first thing they're going to do? Run to dad. Because dad's going to protect me. Dad's going to take care of me. That mm. child doesn't understand what's going on. Mm. They're not sitting there looking at just, oh, well... Let's see, as a child, I can do this, I can't do this. No, the one thing they know is that dad can fix everything. Mm. Dad can take care of everything. And, um, and I know a lot of us don't have that experience maybe with a dad, but people do. And if we can come to it from a child and see him as... Well, I don't understand what's going on, but I know he knows. I don't understand what's going on, but he has everything in control, even if it doesn't seem good mm. to me. And, and if we can look to him in that way of he is beyond anything we can think, and my being limited is just, it just enhances the whole idea that he is unlimited. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and, and so let me, let me even expand on that, what you just said, which is, which is fantastic. So even as a child looking to the father and saying, Man, he can do everything. Here's the reality. <laughs> he can't. Right. That's the reality. That because if if we view God like we view that that we look at that dad and say he can do everything. 
we we've limited our perspective of of God because. But, but we as right. a child yes, don't realize that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. In 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 in, in and I understand exactly right. what yeah, you're yeah. saying, but. God is exclusive, and that's that's right. that's an, a, a very important point with this. God is exclusively unlimited. Look, I, I, on my phone, we have unlimited data. Do we have unlimited data? No, we don't, because there's not such thing as unlimited data. Right. Um, there's, you know, if you know, you can. People say, "Man, the the internet is unlimited." No, it's not. Right. It's not unlimited. It's not unlimited. There's there's not unlimited information on the internet. Look, there is a limit. Now, is it more than we can ever ingest? Yeah, because it grows faster than we can ever take it in. That's not. But it doesn't mean there's no limit to it. It's it's not. It's only a teeny tiny fraction. Take a look at tonight. Go outside. Um, if you if you don't have clouds, when it's dark, um, look into the sky and look at the stars. Um, and if you were if you're out in a place where there's you're not in the city, um, and you go out and I, I mean far far out into the country where there's no lights that are that are reflecting off of the the haze, look at the stars. Now pick one. It doesn't matter which one it is. Doesn't matter if it's a star, distant star, or a planet. Whatever, just pick one. It doesn't matter. Now, what I want you to look at that. Now, I want you to suddenly imagine that you are on, you're on that star, that planet, whatever, looking back at this one. Now, I want you to wave. <laughs> I I know this sounds silly, but understand that that you know when we. It's because of our tininess, right? It's because of our tininess, and we're we're in, you know, we're we're now in a room that's I don't know, it's twelve by twelve, something like that, eleven by 11, whatever. And I am sitting across from a person who is a, shorter than me, um, but we're relatively human size, right? right. I'm right. six foot, and you're what five three three? Okay, great. Right. Yeah, we're, so we're relatively human size, and and you know we we have some some things in common. We have some things that are significant number of things that are different. Okay, so we we're in this we're in this this place where we look around, and and we think everything else is around our size. It, it's what I call key, keyhole viewing. You know, you're looking right. through this keyhole, and everything I can see through the keyhole, what well, must be everything. Because I want it to be everything. I want to know everything. But it's not. It's a teeny right. tiny view. All right. So, again, look at the star. Imagine that you're looking back at this planet and understand how teeny tiny this planet is and how teeny tiny you are on the planet. You can't even, you can't even see from, from that viewpoint. You can't even tell that it's a planet, much less see a mountain on the planet or even the oceans on that planet. Right. And you won't even show up at all. <laughs> so understand that we are teeny tiny and God is unlimited. Um, can I tell my sand story? 
my, sure. my grain of sand. Okay, so I have this way of conceptualizing the differentiation between myself and all my fellow human beings and God. All right, so um, if you've ever had a grain of sand in your shoe, um, it's kind of irritating. You feel it. It's like, oh man, you know, so I have to, you know, I, I just put on my shoes the other day and had this experience where I put on my shoes, um, you know, and I hate, I, I don't know why, but I hate putting on shoes. And it's probably multiple grains of sand, not probably. just one. Yeah, probably. But yeah, but I hate putting on my shoes. I don't know why. It's a, yeah. it's a weird thing. I don't like going barefoot, but I don't like the process of putting on shoes. So it, it's one of those things I dread. It's weird. I get a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the amen. <laughs> so I, I put on my shoes and suddenly I feel it. I've got something in my shoe. Ah, it means I got to take it off, get it out, and put on my shoe again. I know I'm weird. Um, but there's a lot of witnesses. Um, okay. But you feel that. You take it out. And so what do you do with that grain of sand when you pull it out? Well, you just discard it. You chunk it. Okay. Why? Because what, one, why do I care about a grain of sand? But two, I don't have time to think about a grain of sand and sit there and focus my, my attention on that grain of sand. I don't have time for that right. um, because I only have capacity really to think about one thing at a time. Okay. I can only think about one thing at a time and I'm certainly not going to spend my one thing at a time thinking about a grain of sand that I don't care anything about. Right. All right. Now, that's me. That's me, and that's you, and that's all of us. And you're going, yeah, I can resonate with that. Who cares about a grain of sand? Now, now let's think about God for a second. Let's think about the unlimited God. Now, I want you to imagine, and this is, this is still, there's still a limitation here, but this is the best I can do. So I want you to imagine a, well, we'll call it a grain of sand. If it's on a different planet, is it called a grain of sand? I don't know. But let's call it a grain of sand that is, let's say it's 12 feet deep below the surface on a planet that is so far away from our planet that we don't even know it exists. Like there's no um, scientist who is even aware that this planet exists. And most, by the way, most planets, we don't know that they exist. They're theories. We theorize that they're there. Okay, most of most of the universe. Well, you know, yeah, most of what we define as the universe. It's just a theory, um, a mathematical theory. All right. So okay. So but this one is so far away that we we don't even have it within our mathematical theory. All right. Twelve feet below the surface, there is this tiny, teeny tiny grain of sand. All right. Not only is God aware. Of that grain of sand. He is aware of it in all of its existence. From the from the very moment he spoke it into existence to the very moment it ceases to exist, if that's ever going to happen, if that's ever a part of the process. He is aware of it in the now, in all of its existence. And he's aware of the adjustments. So on the surface of a grain of sand, you know, it doesn't stay constant. 
right. all the time, it, it changes because it's rubbing up against the little grains of sand next to it. And so right. it's whatever. There's movement. Okay. So that changes it. That shifts it. And then there's, there is... So a, he sees it on an even atomic level or subatomic level. Yeah. Oh, whoa, look at this. She's got atomic and subatomic. <laughs> fancy wordness. Yes, exactly. Science teacher. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he sees it in all of its all of its existence in the present. Now, and and here's the here's the the the, the thing that that extend, expands my understanding of God is that he never once, never even for a nanosecond, even for a jiffy. Jiffy I heard the other day is an actual thing. It's one one hundredth of a second. So even a, even a jiffy of a jiffy, does he ever have to dismiss that grain of sand? Never, ever does he have to dismiss it. He doesn't have to, and therefore he doesn't. We have to. I have to dismiss the little grain of sand that was in my right. shoe because I don't have capacity beyond one thing at a time. He doesn't have to dismiss not only that grain of sand or any grain of sand or even any molecule or any nanomolecule or any blah, 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 whatever <laughs> science, science, science um, term that you want to throw out here. He never has to dismiss it even in even for a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a jippy ever. That's the differentiation. And that's, that's still even a... Is as fascinating as that is, it's still a limitation because I used words to do it. But it, it differentiates me from God. Right. And a lot of times when we think about God, we think about, we don't say these words, but this is what we mean. We mean that God is the best human. Right. He's the most perfected human. As if that's something that we could attain. That's something that we could, if we work really good, we work really hard at it, we can obtain godliness. We can obtain godness. Right. Godlikeness. And we're so far from that, it's, it, it's not achievable. So if it's not achievable, again, in the terms I'm thinking about, I'm not talking about your traditional way you've talked about it among your friends while eating potluck. <laughs> Um, in the, in the in the church fellowship hall, I'm talking about the unlimited God, not theological terms that you learned. You know, I have a bachelor's degree, and I learned some theological terms, and they don't have much of an impact on my life, to be honest with you. I'm talking about the unlimited God, like this grain of sand story. How does that impact my life? It changes everything for me because now I don't. I don't think about, you know, pain and suffering like I did before. I don't think about finances like I did before. I don't think about relationships like I did before because I start with this unlimited God. Now, those of you listening, one of our main human tendencies is to immediately, when we hear this unlimited and even to this vastness mm. that Jeff just um, 
compared, you know, he explained in the best we can of how vast, vastly unlimited God is. Our tendency as a human is to automatically look at our limitedness mm. negatively. Mm-hmm. And I well, say that with, you know, three minutes left. <laughs> no, come on. But, but over we look at that as a negative. Mm. And this is where we have to, in the same way we've shifted our focus of who God is and how unlimited he is, we need to shift our focus of our of how we see our limitations. Mm. Because this is just a very small thing. I, I'm one of those people that feel like I should be able to do everything. Mm. And then what happens? I get overwhelmed, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, and all of that. And we have many books written that talk about saying no. And when we come down to it, if we can realize, okay, I'm looking at my finances, and right now, I just don't know what else I can do to change that. Well, the benefit of our limitedness is being able to look to God and say, I don't know how to deal with this on my own. I need you. And if we can really see that our being limited is one of the main things that helps us to focus on God and who he is and why we're here, why we, um, that we need each other. And that we have just a piece to play, a part to play in, in this whole existence. But, and I can't go into all the aspects of it because we could do a whole podcast on what our being limited means. Mm-hmm. But just to understand that it's not a negative. Mm-hmm. When we see it as God being unlimited, it doesn't mean that our limited being limited is negative yeah and and i'm going to add to that bounce off of that and say that if there was no god if we eliminate god from the story from the equation then our limitations are a bad thing right because how will we survive because then there's not a hope there's not a resource for us out there well and even worse than that that it's a competition Right. It's a competition. And so every time I'm, I'm confronted with my limitations, then I'm confronted with the potential that I'm going to lose. And if right. I'm going to lose, um, if I'm going to lose, our timer was going off telling it's beyond 45 minutes. Um, but if I'm going to lose, then I'm not going to survive. Right. So if, I, if my limitations mean, if there's no God, and only if there's no God, if there's no God, or if he's just distant, or if he you know, doesn't care, right. then I've, I've, it's still a competition. It's a competition between you and I, or it's a competition between me and the people that are not closest to me, right. that don't serve me, that don't provide for me. 
Right. Right. Anything for the how benefit. Most of our world lives. Exactly. <laughs> most of the time we live, and this is a point we're this is an ultimate point we're gonna make throughout these podcasts, is most of the time we we live the world lives according to a competition and in the church this is a problem, is we live the exact same way. Right. As if there's no God because we do it with competition. And what we're saying is if but if if there is an unlimited God, the unlimited God like we've described, then our limitations by God's design are the most amazing, wonderful, rejoice-worthy thing we can possibly imagine because by design, He made us to where we can only focus on one thing. What is that one thing? It is Him. Him. Why Him? Go ahead. Why Him? Because he is exclusively reliable and permanent and nothing else is. So in our, our mind, one way to see this is the, the passage in the Bible where it talks about the body and how, mm. you know, somebody, the idea, somebody's an eye and somebody's a foot, mm-hmm. it, saying that we all have different parts to play. Mm-hmm. But... If we can really look at that as our limitations, mm-hmm. it's okay to have one part to play. Mm-hmm. We don't have to, you know, you've all, if you, any of you have played any kind of sport, there's usually a ball hog a lot of times. <laughs> and, and it's not that the foot all of a sudden has to try to see mm. because something's wrong with the eye. We can't. We're limited. All we can do is that job and that peace that God has given us. But if each of those parts of the body do our function, which is focusing on making the body work, you know, for the greater purpose than just ourselves, then the body works. And so even in the Bible, it talks so many times it gives us lots of stories of people who are limited of telling us we're limited mm. and it's not a negative thing Mm-mm. not at all not at all matter of fact, we had this we had this almost verbatim discussion that that part anyway right months ago yeah um, yeah um okay so we're 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 over time um, and so we want to close it. We want to close it out with a, this challenge for you. Um, so pick any any passage of scripture, any passage you want to, and and come at it with this question: How does this passage glorify God? Um, how does this passage glorify God? Not does it, because it does. Let me, let me let me make that clear. We're not asking does it. Because it does, because that's the one purpose. The one purpose is glorified is joint what we call joining with the glory of God. Um, it's not determining the glory of God because that's not up to us. Right. If it doesn't start with you, okay, <laughs> get off of your arrogance and, and it, it doesn't start with you. It doesn't start with me. God didn't start with us. Um, he, God is God pre people, okay. All right, so it's not about that. It's in in and also 
the ultimate, not the ultimate, but but a final destination of starting with how does this glorify God does impact our lives. You know, that's that's an objective that we have is how do we, for real, genuinely, I lay things, how do we genuinely from its source impact the lives of people and impact when they're the most intense emotional pain. Okay, so we're not dismissing that. Matter of fact, the, the point is that no one is dismissed. Right. Um, that's a course that we're developing. Um, but it's, it, don't go into it initially. I'm, I'm asking to set aside the question, how does this make my life better? How does this improve my life? How does, how does this improve my relationships? Set that question aside. Just ask the question, how does this glorify God? And again, I'm, I'm going to repeat this. It's not does this, because you right. get the answers to the questions that you ask. And if you're asking does this, that's a silly question. That doesn't make any sense because, yes, it does. The question is, how does this glorify God? And then spend time asking, how does this glorify God? Not how does it glorify you? Not how does it make your life better? Not how does, how does, this, how does this impact me? Forget that question. Forget that question for a while. Okay, set that aside. You're, you're probably, if, if you're like everybody else, us included, you're really good at asking that question. How will this make me feel better? Right. Forget that question for a while, okay? Just how does this glorify God? Start there. Familiar passages, former passages, new passages that, you've, that you're not familiar with. Um, Obadiah. You, if you read that and go, how does this, how does this make my life better? Well, it doesn't. That's a pretty painful. <laughs> that's a pretty painful book. It's like, oh man, this makes, this hurts. This is worse <laughs> than a pandemic. Um, but if you look at it, go, how does this glorify God? Let me tell you, that book right there becomes beautiful. How does this glorify God? Becomes a beautiful, beautiful, amazing book when you ask the question how does this glorify god so we challenge you to do that um thanks for listening apologize for going over we'll probably go over every single time and we'll apologize every time for doing it it's easier to ask forgiveness than it is to ask permission or something like that um don thanks for hanging out with me it's always a pleasure we do it all the time absolutely yes um she's an amazing person um (laughs) if you get the opportunity to meet don or her uh, hunk of man, um, Mylon, um, <laughs> then uh, you should do that. That's a great thing. They're limited, but you know they they have a, they have a pretty high capacity within their limitations. All right, appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Love you all. Uh, we're amazed by you, um, and um, but even more amazed by God. Thank you. Absolutely. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's resources, No One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A-L-E-T-H-E-S, alethesresources.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.